This episode is sponsored by Exactuals, perfecting insurance payments and the data driving them. What is entertainment insurance? What? So entertainment insurance, when people talk about entertainment insurance, they talk about insuring film and live entertainment. So think about movies, TV show, Broadway, so theatrical performances, concerts, even touring, right? So you have musicians going on tour, um, you know, things like that. So even it could be as small as commercials, right? So little 30 second commercials or even online commercials to big budget, you know, $500 million, you know, studio projects. Um, and it's all about ensuring the movie making, the actual production process. So whatever it takes to make that movie, right? All those insurances that are tied into that, whether it's the physical movie making process or the content, right? Like the actual idea of the movie or the script, right? Um, those would be part of that insurance package that you normally get on a uh, film or TV insurance policy. When it comes to live theatrical, it's similar, uh, but there's other things that you're insuring like lost revenues, right? You know, so if, you're, if your sets burn down or somebody gets injured and you have to cancel, you know, some performances, you have lost revenues there, which is a little bit different than what you would get normally on your, you know, production and TV side of things. So what does it mean to insure the script? Because so I can imagine, like, yeah. So, yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, E&O insurance, right? Errors and mm -hmm. emissions. Yeah. So if imagine this, right? So in Hollywood, right? Everybody wants to make a movie, right? People come to of LA course. from yeah. over the world. They have a great idea. The world's best idea. Such a great idea for a show, for a movie, for this, that, whatever. They finally, they meet some guy at a bar and he says, oh yeah, I'm a producer. He goes, oh wow, I have a great idea. I'm going to tell you about my movie. And it has to do with spaceships and aliens and blah, 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 whatever, right? The guy says, ah, that sounds okay, but not interested. And then a year later, the guy goes and makes a movie about spaceships and aliens and whatever. And the guy says, wait a second, that's my idea. I told you my idea. What do you mean? Don't you remember? You said you hated it. And now you made it. Now it's a blockbuster. You make a $100 million movie. I'm going to sue you because you stole my idea, right? Or even better, say you're making a movie about the spaceships and the aliens and whatever, and you want to call it Star Wars, right? You can't do that. Right, so you got to get a title report. You get an ENO policy, um, you know, to protect that the theft of idea, the title infringement, copyright infringement, you know, all of those things. Um, and even in the case of say just very basic uh, like reality television, right? Yeah, people running around with cameras filming people in the streets. Well, if you don't have permission to film me, I'm sitting in the background on the patio, you know, having lunch somewhere, right? And now I'm on all of a sudden I'm on a TV show. Well. Nobody told, made me sign a release. I didn't give you my permission to put you on a, to put me on a, on a TV show. So there could be a lot of problems like that in terms of you know rights, releases, or if you're doing a commercial. I think there was just a lawsuit on a, I don't know if it was a TikTok video. I don't know it was some video. Maybe it was a YouTube thing, where somebody was doing a, a dance or whatever, and they were playing some music, right? And then somebody bought that that clip, and then they used that in some ad for something else, but the musician never signed off on it, right? So they never bought the rights from the music, right? So now they're using music without permission in a commercial, 
right, without paying for it. Well, that's a problem, you know. So there's all sorts of different challenges when it comes to, you know, ensuring the idea and, and those things. But there are lawyers that specialize in that, and we work closely with them and the producers and the filmmakers to make sure that they are, um, you know, doing all the proper clearances and following the proper guidelines to make sure that any of those things are uh, minimized. Wow. How do you understand the risk and what do you usually sell as the basic package? So, you know, the, the primary policy that we deal with, you know, we'll talk about film, television, not so much live theatrical, because that's really what we're talking about here, is the production package policy, right? Your production package is a niche policy for productions that covers your cast, right? Your, your cast members, the actors, uh, prop sets, wardrobe, equipment, uh, third-party property damage, so for your locations that you're, you're renting, you know, um, extra expense if you get shut down. And here's one thing that it also covers, it covers civil authority, right? So mm -hmm. civil authority is where a lot of the COVID claims were covered um, back in March of 2020 and then throughout the rest of the year in that the our policy only requires you to be shut down by a governmental authority right it doesn't need physical property damage in order for there to be a trigger of coverage so as long as you get shut down boom you have coverage so that's really where a lot of insurance companies got hit with claims back in covid but now you know as productions are getting back up and running we are fine you know we are part of the you know we work with the underwriters and part of the underwriting process right is really finding out where are they filming, how long are they filming, who are who are their main cast members? Are they are they older or younger, right? Because COVID affects older individuals, you know, worse uh, than younger, which is, you know, problematic from an insurance standpoint. Um, you know, and things like that. So depending on where they're filming, if there's a COVID hotspot or not or whatever, um, it's still gonna be very, you know, challenging to get insurance. Um, all the policies going forward, they have new exclusions, right? So they're not covering any COVID claims, but even with the new exclusions, they're still asking you a ton of questions because, you know, an insurance company does not want to get on the risk for a movie if there's going to be a, a pause and then it's going to be, you know, shut down for a couple of days and they got to go back and then shut down again. And it's, it gets very, you know, drawn out and that the longer they're, it takes to make the movie the more exposure they have as an insurance company right because okay. if you think about it you know when you make a movie you have pre-production when everybody's getting their stuff ready then you have filming principal photography which is a month a month and a half two months and that's it then you're done yalla finished right so as you have more and more of these stops you take your four months you take your four weeks and now it becomes five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, right? And if mm -hmm. something happens to one of those actors that you're insuring, right? It could be a problem. So. So now in COVID, what happened? What's the effect? Because I'm sure most of those businesses were got interrupted. So, so what happened was a lot of films got shut down last year, but now they're coming back up. Right, because the different parts of the world are opening up. They have safety procedures. They're doing the testing. They're doing all sorts of things to make sure that um, they could go back into production in a safe, 
uh, manner, right? Um, so now you're seeing a lot of those, and we saw this a lot back in November and December of last year, where there was almost like a rush to make movies. It was like, all right, we're back up. Let's go get, let's go make two movies for the end of the year, three movies for the end of the year. Let's get things going, you know? And it was, you know, because there was such a big pause in the pipeline of content, right? When everybody shuts down for six months, well, how many, you know, if you're, if everybody's at home watching Netflix and, and YouTube and Amazon, you're running out of episodes, you know? We, yeah, we need season three and four and five. Let's go, let's get back up and running. And, and uh, I, you see that there was almost like a sense of urgency to get back into production. I'm on a Zoom, thank you. That's my daughter, which happens all the time. Um, of course, you know, now people are back into production and you know, everybody has to be careful. They're, you know, sometimes they want to make a movie in the UK, but now the UK is shutting down. So they go to another country or they're in Colombia, but then they're this. So it's really all, it's always so many moving pieces. So how many is the, moving pieces. How did that affect their budget? It went up by a lot, right? So if you have, um, you know, it's one thing, the insurance cost alone you know, probably went from 1% of the budget to at least 1.75, maybe 2%, maybe higher, depending on the, the budget size, right? Um, and these are for movies normally about above like $5 million in budget. If you're making a movie with a budget less than 5 million, then that percentage is gonna go, is gonna go up. Um, there's not so many, a lot of insurance companies with the limited resources they have, they don't wanna do a lot of the smaller uh, budgets. So it's a little bit harder to to get quotes for that, and it's more expensive um, than than normal. But um, besides the insurance cost, you have all the costs for all the PPE and all the sanitizers and the gloves and the masks and the testing, right? Because now they have to test every three days or something like that. So, you know, you're seeing budgets increase by a substantial amount. I think it's like 10 to 20 percent, depending on the size of the overall budget. Um, just for all of those COVID-related costs. You have to hire a COVID safety officer, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody making sure that everybody's socially distanced, that they don't have some random guest coming on with no mask, whatever, that only that the cast are staying away from everybody, you know, things like that, the things that are, are being properly cleaned. So it's really, um, it's really challenging. Because yeah, before, mm -hmm. you know, maybe in March, you had all of the money you needed for your movie, then you shut down and all of a sudden your $10 million movie is now $12 million. Uh-oh, or, or 1.1 million. I got to go raise another, you know, uh, million bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that recently we heard about the Tom Cruise meltdown because someone broke protocol and he was like, mm -hmm. yeah, he was reaching. You see, if, you think about, if you think about it, one crew member, right? And he works on very big movies, right? Where you have hundreds and hundreds of people working. One guy who doesn't follow protocol could infect the entire crew. You understand? And then you're shut down. And then the whole production is delayed. And people have to work, right? So if you're shutting down, are they getting paid? Are they not getting paid? Are they getting furloughed? Who knows when they're going back up? And you know, there's significant uh, things at stake if you know when people don't follow the proper protocol. You know, and. Um, you know, with my clients that I've seen, they've been very strict and doing a really good job of really isolating uh, 
their productions from the surrounding areas. Um, you know, I had a client that made a movie in Montana. Um, they had another client that was going to make a movie in New York, in, in Manhattan, but then they moved it to upstate. I think it was like two hours north of Manhattan in like a little town. And they kind of just kind of took over a hotel for, you know, the shooting period, kept all the crew, like the one same place. Um, and you know, things like that, that, that they're, they're doing it to, to minimize potential outside, you know, interactions and exposures. So you're acting as the broker. How did yep. they underwrite? Who are the sorry? Who are the underwriters that they take the risk? So your your primary insurance companies. You know you only have about you know a handful that that do it. Now I'll talk about the U.S. markets, not necessarily the international. But you have Allianz, which is Fireman's Fund. You have Chubb, um, that used to be one of the biggest entertainment you know insurance writers. Um, now they're very very conservative. Um, you have Hiscox, you have Prosite, you have One Beacon, um, and and those are kind of the combination of the uh, the carriers that we that we kind of run into. And everything is based on a relationship, especially with the customers, because you've been in the business for about twenty years. Yeah. So you know the the broker underwriter relationship is so so important to benefit the client, right? Yes, the client has a relationship with the insurance company as well, right? By not having claims, by doing a lot of movies with the same insurance company, right? A good track record. Because during these times, your relationship is so, so important. Because what happens is that when you have trust, right? That your underwriter is going to, you know, properly underwrite a film, that I as a broker am going to properly represent what's happening on the film, right? I don't say, oh, it's a romantic comedy, and next thing you know, it's Rambo part 21, they're blowing everything up, right? It's very different. You have that relationship where there's that trust and they wanna help you, they wanna help you and your client get to a product that, you know, kind of makes everybody happy. Sometimes it doesn't work that way, you know, depending on, this, on the circumstances, but it's really, you know, about how do we get uh to a good middle ground that works for everyone you know so where you know i have a client that makes a lot of films in puerto rico okay a lot of films in puerto rico and there's only really one insurance company that will do an insurance for a movie a production package policy in puerto rico and we get a quote and it is like double what the client budgeted and the client's like rabibo you're killing me what are you doing i can't do that I can't make a movie this is nuts so I called the underwriter, okay, listen, you know, here you go, here, back and forth, whatever. And then finally they say, okay, well, we could lower it, but we need to raise the deductibles. Okay, okay, fine. The client's happy because now we got our pricing down to where they can actually make their movie without going crazy. And the deductibles are at a point where the insurance company could validate the lower cost because now they have like a really big hurdle to, to, to come over before they pay any claims, right? So... You're working on that, you know, on 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 the relationship to find a balance that works for everyone, you know, because you can't always be asking, 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 taking, taking, taking. It has to go both ways, you know, and and you really need and and really the relationship benefits the client so much because a lot of times they don't see 
what's happening behind the scenes. They call me saying, Daniel, I'm making a movie, get me insurance. They don't see the 20 phone calls and Zooms and you know all the things that are happening behind the scenes, negotiating and leveraging and comparing and this and that. They just see the final product, right? And they say, okay, here we go. Thanks, Rabibo, right? That's it. But in the mid, before we get to that thanks, there's a lot of, of difficult conversations and discussions and negotiations that are taking place. I love the fact that it's the same value proposition that almost any broker and agent that I speak with is providing. It doesn't matter if they are focusing on small business enterprise or large products in the millions or tens or hundreds of millions. It's still that I'm going to make sure that there is a win-win-win situation between the customer, the policyholder, the underwriter, and of course, everyone in between. Because sometimes... and. I think that part of your understanding is also the, the legal elements, the business, how things work. And many business owners, because they need to focus on the business, they forget about all the things that are behind it. Now, let me ask you something different. Um, so I've been running InsurTech Los Angeles for four years, and this is the main thing, is the InsurTech, is the technology that helps insurance. Is there a space that we can help? Is there a technology that can help you do your, your job better or your customers to receive a better service? Honestly, it's not. So here's the thing is when it comes to technology and entertainment insurance, right? Entertainment is so specialized. It's not like other kinds of insurance where I could go by myself and fill out a form online and boom, I get a quote, like uh, auto insurance or homeowners or umbrella or even life insurance, right? Oh, I go online in 20 minutes, I get a quote, I'm approved. Yeah, mazel tov, right? It doesn't happen that way, right? You have to go through the broker and the broker, I complete the application on behalf of my clients nine times out of 10, except for E&O applications. But for the movie, I fill it out, I get all the documentation, I review it first. So because there's still a lot of that hand-holding process, right? And all of the systems that the underwriters use are different, right? There's not like one say, oh, I just drop it in this email box and boom, everybody gets my submission. I'm emailing every single individual insurance company separately, right? So mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a way to, to automate it, right? To, to get to a point where I just click send and then boom, it, it, it goes out. That'd be nice, but it's, uh, I don't think it's gonna get there. And even if you do that, how much time are you really saving? Because you're still sending, you're still doing that one application, right? Um, so it's not like a website where you could just go, I wanna go shop 100 auto insurance and I click send and boom, I get 100 insurance quotes. And that's perfect because, by the way, to automate the email and to blast it to everyone, that's super simple. You can even do that today with all the tools that you have on your Outlook. But yeah. it's it's a perfect example because not everything is ready to be automated or you need something which is tailored for the specific problem. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure that within the underwriter, they will, be all, you know, they will have an idea of how can they minimize uh, their risk and provide all kinds of small tools. You were talking, we talked earlier about COVID. So breaking COVID or what we call a breaking the protocol or what people consider as a parametric insurance because once there is something, there is a delay in a day, okay, 
the claim is done automatically and then you get paid. It's, there is a technology somewhere behind the, behind the scene. You know, a lot of our clients do some crazy things when they're filming, right? So whether it's, you know, a commercial and they're doing skydiving, right? It's, oh, we want to film, we're going to put a camera here, you know. Um, <laughs> last week or a couple of weeks ago, one of our clients said, hey, we're going to be filming a commercial with kids and we're using this new technology, okay? It's a robotic arm that holds the camera. You put the person in the middle and then the thing swings around like really fast to capture and then you can replay it in slow motion and all that stuff. She said, hey, what happens if the arm breaks and it rips off the head of the kid or something like that? I said, I don't know, you know, like... That's a little, that's a little crazy, but let me take a look, you know, and see, but in the end they changed the, the camera, you know, that they were going to use and they were going to use that, that, uh, you know, that device. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of all over the place. You know, I've, uh, I've clients now that are filming a movie with a lot of old aircraft, old airplanes, right? It's a war movie, you know, so there are people flying and doing all sorts of stuff, but I don't know what kind of crazy stuff have I done recently. Yeah, apparently that sounds crazy enough for me. Yeah, uh, for you, it's like um, another day at the office. That's it. That's it. Um, you know, it's it really doesn't come up so much, you know, because when you want to do something really crazy, a lot of times it's very expensive to do it the right way, mm -hmm. you know. And and they say, you know what, we'll do it in post production. We want him to go jumping. Oh, we're not going to have him jump. We'll just make him look like he jumped. We'll rent a soundstage for a day. We'll get him on a wire. We'll make him go like this. And then we'll film him from the bottom. And then we're done. You know? So is post-production, is that the magic word nowadays? We'll just uh, visual do effects. Visual effects. That's the magic word. CGI. Everything is going there. We'll give you a yeah. green screen and you'll jump. Yeah. And you do it safe. You know? Oh, that's an interesting value uh, for the insurance companies. Let's let's invest in uh, special effects. You know, we give the insurance company, the underwriter, we give them the script. Oh. And then they come back with questions and say, hey, are you guys doing this for real? Or are you guys doing this in post, right? In post-production. So a lot of times we say post, 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 right? Sometimes they do the real thing, but um, they ask, they look and they ask and that. That's a big uh, that's a big deal, right? Because if you're doing everything on a computer, then your risk is a lot lower, and then your pricing should be lower, and your terms should be better than if you're doing everything for real, you know. How so, did you get into insurance? Ooh, that's a good one. I was an IT guy back mm -hmm. in the year two thousand at a company ooh, wow. called. That's Cinema. a boom. Yeah. Yeah. I had a company called Aon. Um, I was the IT guy for about a year and a half or two years, something like that. And one of the head guys over there who happens to be the managing director now at Arthur J. Gallagher, um, he says, hey, why don't you come into uh, insurance? You know, I'll teach you the business. And I said, all right, sign me up. That's the short story. Anyway, Daniel. Thank you very, very, very much for your time, knowledge, and anecdotes about the industry. My pleasure. It was great talking to you. Likewise.